from Pacifica Radio in San Francisco. This is Flashpoints. I'm Dennis Bernstein. Today on a special edition of the show, we culminate the end of a month of celebrations of the Latino, Chicano, and indigenous communities of North America with this powerful symbolic retaking of Alcatraz on Indigenous Peoples Day. From Pacifica Radio in San Francisco, this is Flashpoints. I'm Dennis Bernstein. Today on the show, we culminate the end of a month of celebrations of the Latino, Chicano, and indigenous communities of North America with this powerful symbolic retaking of Alcatraz on Indigenous Peoples Day, which was Monday. Listen to this. Greetings, relatives. It's beautiful to be here in the circle with you this morning. As we take a minute to clear out, we're so grateful to all the singers, the drummers. Thank you for being here. Thank you for leading the way up the hill. We're asking, as we take a minute, we're going to ask each and every one of us to be good relatives to one another today. We're not going to be pushing and shoving. There's plenty of room here on the island for everyone. Plenty of room for us to take it over again. (laughs) Park Service doesn't want to hear that. (laughs) So at this time, we're honored to have one of our Romatush Ohlone relatives here with us to provide an opening. And so we ask for Greg Castro to come up and offer us an an opening prayer here. So Greg, I saw you earlier. Let's see if we can have him make it up at this time. Thank you to Greg Castro. Ramatashaloni, a big O for Greg. Hershat Tuhi, greetings in the language of my ancestors, the Ramatush. Ayene Hershaw Peshaw Walrap. Welcome to the homeland of my Ramatush ancestors. I'm really honored and grateful to be asked to be here to represent them. Our history is long and dark, as many of your peoples are. We were nearly wiped out, nearly, almost. But our ancestors sacrificed and worked and made the difference so that people like myself could still be here to carry on the heritage, to carry on what little culture we have, to share those words with you that haven't been spoken much in the last 250 years in this land. And we're grateful for the honor and respect given to those ancestors. And I'm honored to speak on their behalf for just a moment. I realize that the importance of those words, because they were almost completely taken from us. We do not have ceremony left that was taken from us early in the mission period. We do not have ceremony and song and prayers. So what I'd like to do is, with permission with my Rumson cousins, is sing you a song from our Ohlone Rumson people of the Monterey Bay area. Some of you have heard this song before. It's the fog song. And today, in this beautiful weather at the moment, it's not just the fog that comes in from the ocean, but it's the fog in our hearts, fogs in our mind, the fog that is out there that tells us that we don't matter, but we do matter. Our ancestors tell us we matter. So the fog is to clear out our hearts and minds so we can be open to each other and listen to each other. On behalf of my ancestors and my relatives that remain, the Ramatush people, I ask you to look at each other and look within yourselves, especially my indigenous relatives, especially from here in California. I want you to look at yourselves and realize you are the living hope and dream of our ancestors that they sacrificed so that we could be here today. 
Thank you for being here, for standing up. Oh, for Greg Castro, our Ramatush Ohlone relatives that welcome us to the island, that remind us that we have a collective responsibility as caretakers of this land, that we live on on their land as guests here, and that it's it's our responsibility to help steward this land as well for our continuing and future generations. At this time, I would like to bring up Andrea Carmen. Andrea is the executive director of the International Indian Treaty Council. Thank you. Choke. Respectful greetings to you, each and every one of my relatives who got up early, who found a way to get out of under the covers to join us here today. I know it's a small sacrifice compared to what we know our ancestors went through, what we know that so many of our brothers and sisters, including those in our circle here today, are going through. But nevertheless, it is a sacrifice, and I want to thank you for joining us here. I want to say thank you very much in my Yaqui language to those that brought their culture to share with us, to unite us, those that brought their prayers, those that brought the staff, to Fred and his family that brought the altar, to those that brought the drum, each and every one of you is important to make this circle alive and strong. I want to thank those in the larger circle who are joining us through the radio broadcast and through the live webcast. This goes all over the world, and our circle is millions millions of indigenous peoples all over the world in every continent that are standing up for the same things that we are standing up for here this morning. I want to honor those that stood up for us here in 1969 and occupied the island that began the national and the international indigenous movement that took us to the United Nations to have our voice be heard at the family of nations, the table of the family of nations. One of the things that we need to remember is the first prisoners here on this island were California Indian resistors to colonization, to the missions, to the gold rush. Also here on this island, we're going to be honored to hear from one of their representatives, were Hopi prisoners that resisted removal of their children to the boarding schools, the brutal genocidal boarding schools that we're continuing to recover from today. I want to thank those of our ancestors that stood up for us so we would have these sacred ways, the fire, the drum, the dances, our language. Even if some of us only have little pieces of it, it carries their spirit. I want to thank those indigenous peoples that are fighting all over the world so that our voices can be heard, our land can be saved. Some of those are subjects of brutal repression. We have human rights defenders, environmental rights defenders, treaty rights defenders that are targeted today, and many of them will not survive that repression, but their spirit will live on. And I want to especially remember those that are yet to come to inspire us here to make a commitment to struggle harder. One of the great African-American leaders said a quote that really I was thinking of, said Martin Luther King said that the arc of moral history bends towards justice. And I'm feeling that change. 
Say, oh, if you feel it too, that the spirit is changing in this world. Our peoples are being listened to. We're bringing 28 knowledge holders to the climate change talks that are going to be happening in a couple weeks to tell the world leaders they have to change so that we can survive. Just two weeks ago, down in Vicam Pueblo, the president of Mexico came and apologized to my nation and committed to uphold our treaty, to bring back our water rights, to bring back our land rights because of the resistance of my nation 400 years or more in armed struggle. Just today, land is being returned to the Pitt River Nation in California. The arc of moral history is bending towards justice because of our ancestors and each and every one of you. So let's renew that commitment. Let's renew our unity our kindness, our goodness to one another, our helping hand as we reach out to those that may need us in a special way. I want to thank you for being here and for being part of this renewed commitment that each of us can feel in our hearts today. Chokwiyotesia, thank you, and happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Thank you, Tandrea. We we have a number of our uh, executive board de directors from the International Indian Treaty Council. Back home, we're celebrating not only Indigenous Peoples Day, but we're celebrating Pit River Nation Day. And we're having land returned to us back home in, in our 100-mile square in our ancestral territory. At this time, I would like for Radley Davis and for Faith Gimmel to both come up so they're both Pit River tribal members and represent us on behalf of the International Indian Treaty Council. So thank you to them. My name is Radley Davis. Uh, my Indian name is Das Encho, and it means the bark that floats on the water and doesn't sink. I'm Il Maui. Um, and on my father's side, I, and when I'm in Wintu on my mother's side, it's an honor to be in the circle with you all this morning as we wait for the sun to come up to bless us all. And while we are gaining strength in our and seeing our, our struggle, the fruition of land coming back and, and our people being recognized all around the, the world, the fight still continues though. The industrialization that is impacting our lands continues. So we still have to continue to fix the mind of those folks who, who want more money and think money's gonna change everything and think that because the land is there, it needs to be used for geothermal energy development or mega wind industrial development or oil or all these industrial um, entities that ha have impacted our land. And in many places, there's th that land can't be returned. But we have uh, we have hope and faith in our ceremonies and our prayers and our going up on the mountain and listening to the wind and making the connection when you're when you're right in your heart and your mind, the song will come or a story will come or it'll talk to you and I'll let you know, uh, help you with your life. These things are still there. I would even say right even here, there's a fire going here with prayer. There's people here, prayer. We have this this altar here is prayer. So that means it's happening now. So open yourself up, open your heart, your mind, your spirit, and let it in. You are the one responsible to let in this power and strength from from what is here, and you can go here well and feel healed. That's the power of our Indian ways. So 
It is good to be here and be representative for the International Union Treaty Council. We fight for indigenous people and for the rights uh, for us to have a voice where those our elders and spiritual people have had no voice, where we hadn't had a voice in the political systems, where we are creating that voice. So may we continue to give the power and strength to the International Union Treaty Council continue and all the leaders before us who laid the foundation down to give us the power and strength to carry on and may the future, the young people here and across the land, may we invest in them so that they can be the future in leading and continuing this as you are now. Um, with that, um, I'll let my sister Faith here come on up. Good morning. I am Natsaiguchen, uh, Pit River and Wintu, and I came down from Alaska to our homelands uh, up north in Manchester, Lassen area. And it's been hard to come out from our community in the north with this pandemic. For us in Alaska, it's uh, raging through uh, the state. We have the highest rates of the pandemic. But I'm just standing here thinking about when we go through hard times as indigenous peoples, there's always something positive that comes out of it. And what we see, our environment has been able to heal because not many have been able to travel and pollute the air and the waters are healing, things are healing. And we as indigenous peoples need to follow and start healing ourselves. In our communities, my elders, they prophesied what we see today. And they said, hard times are coming. And we have to go back to the land. We have to go back to our own ways, our spirituality, and call it in. Call what we lost. Call it back. It will come back. I've seen it myself this past year. I've called the animals, and they come when I call. And up there, that's how we survive. We survive on the land and hunting, fishing, gathering. We can't rely on the Western world to bring us our food. We're in little tiny villages up north in Alaska where I live. And so for us, the land has to be intact for our survival as indigenous peoples to be who we are. And I know people have heard about our struggles up there, the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. We've been defending that area for over 40, 50 years now. And it looks like we might have some positive results in the near future. That's what we're working towards. That's our goal. That's our aim. And if all of us just continue to stand and fight for these places that are under threat by multinational companies, if we just stand and defend these places, we're doing what we're supposed to do. That's what the Creator put on us. It's our responsibility to stand for the land and to bring back those ways to heal our people. And the land has to be intact for that healing to happen. It's good to be here today. It's an honor. I was just thinking about a young man at home that's not there anymore, but me and him, both our parents met here at Alcatraz when they were occupying years ago. And his, his father came from Southern California. My father came from Northern California. So both of us were, we shared California and Alaska and our people's ways. 
And I'm very proud of that. I've had to stand for both. But I love my people. I love our land here and the Pitt River and the strength of our people. We've stood for hundreds of years fighting for our rights, fighting for who we are as in, as Indigenous peoples. And it's just, I'm thankful to represent my ancestors that stood. Masi. And that's a Pitt River song that means casting seeds to grow. And so may the seeds of the words and the songs and the dances and all here go in our heart and may we all grow and be good people to continue to do the work that we need to do. Hee Thank you to our Pitt River and Gwich'in relatives. We say to all our relations. So a big O for them. At this time, we ask for Lisa Ballinger. Lisa Ballinger is also a board member for the International Indian Treaty Council. Lisa holds it down and represents the American Indian Movement in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So for all of our land defenders and water protectors, and we think about all of our movements, the American Indian Movement, Idol No More, our Mauna Kea relatives, our water protectors, we're all here and we're all represented. And so here in California, we have a drought. Most of our salmon populations didn't survive. And so Lisa has a water song that she's going to offer as a, as a blessing um, for all of us here and for all of our, our relatives that are tuning in at this time. So, oh, for Lisa Bellinger. Buju, Bijan Wayne's Minawa, Wagamu, Hawakawi, Indigo, Wabajeshi, Dodame, Kasaga Squad, Jimmy Cock, and Don Javam, Minawaga, Kabi Kong, and Dainda Nungum. Ambuju relatives, my Ojibwe name is Young Lynx Woman and Sacred Gourd Woman. And I stand here with my sisters representing our people from the, the center of Nimama, King of the Turtle Island. And as our sisters and brothers have said before us, you know, we stand here in the footsteps of our relatives who stood up strong, who rose up and to help to wake our ways and reclaim our traditions and call out, call them out. We stand here to, in, in the middle of this water and we were going to offer a song that, that reminds us of how beautiful and how strong and how powerful and how loving that water is and that we need to stand and protect. We protect at home against the pipelines. We protect at home 
to protect our sacred foods and our relatives who from those waters. We're working in the Minnesota, we're working on protecting the stone, the sacred stone, the pipe stone from which those, those beautiful sacred prayer pipes come from, where there is a pipeline that threatens to burst and it will affect that stone. You know, that's a, that's a new, this is a new line that we've uncovered. And in the middle of that, we found, we are looking for the graves of our children in the boarding schools right there at Pipestone, where that sacred stone resides. So a lot of work for us back home. And water, we respect you. Water, we thank you. Water, we love you. Miigwech. Kikawabamen. Nuikanuna manidu, kitche manidu, kitche manidu. Minwa wadami wadna tauna bikwe kokamisanan. Gaye misawakamikwe. Minwa zagayigan. Minwa zibingoma aking bemidjuan. Say ma begi jodapana kitche manidu. Where when I go away, we on Made wabu ishi manidu wichikadig. Made wabu dash for bandas or dapanan. Miu manikashikabikudian. Miigwech presendiwan. McGwitch and Ho to Lisa Bellinger and her sisters here for the water prayer. We ask for a Round Valley, for our Round Valley relatives to come up at this time. So thank you to everyone for your patience. Thank you for gathering together in this way. Round Valley, are you ready? Oh, for Round Valley. So we're really grateful to our relatives. Thank you to them. I'm going to turn it over to Auntie Eddie now. Just want to say Yahweh. Good morning to the sunrise, good morning to the water, good morning for life. Uh, we're from Round Valley and uh, it's such a beautiful time, you know, sometimes when with the COVID going around and those of us that had that experience, you know, it makes us look at life a little bit different. It's kind of a reminder of who we are and what we need to do to take care of ourselves. It's so important, you know, and um, no matter where we go, we have our struggles, you know, really hard struggles and stuff on the reservation. If you live on the reservation, a lot of things happen. But you know what? Without the prayers, the songs, the dances, and the medicine, that's why we're here today. Because no matter where we're at, no how far distances we are, no matter where we come from, we always remember to pray for our Native people and the people that come to help us, our non-Native people. My family got ill with the covid and it was really funny, you know, because we're on the reservation and not one of my people came and helped us. But I had two non-native friends that came and took care of us. So, you know, I look at life really different. I look at those people that have that love and believe and caring for one another. And that's what it's going to take for us to, to take over on this nation is we all have to come together no matter where we come from, no matter who we are. We got to stand together and continue to fight for the next seven generations.
A big O for Round Valley. It's always um, it's always a challenge to, you know, all of the traveling to get them over here, but especially this year. So thank you to Auntie Eddie. Thank you to Uncle Pat, who's still at home, to everyone who made those sacrifices for them to be here and offer those blessings for us this morning. So I know you can be louder than that. Say, oh! oh. At this time, I want to bring up our RTO relatives. Amy Wan serves as the Arizona Tribal and Community Liaison for the International Indian Treaty Council. She has a statement to read from the Apache Stronghold, and she brought her relatives here to share some dances with us. Good morning. My name is Amy Wan. Uh, representing the Tonawatam Nation. And before we get started, it's my honor to have been asked to share um, some of the official statement of the Apache Stronghold back home. The Apache Stronghold will be here in the Bay the 20th through the 22nd. Today, the Apache Stronghold is in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals trying to stop a foreign corporation from destroying Oak Flat, which was allowed by the acts of Congress to continue to exploit the site for copper ore. This was allowed by the government by bypassing, allowing exemptions to laws that should protect the earth, its resources, the consequences of contamination, the suppression of a religion in order to do so. On October 22nd in San Francisco, the Ninth Circuit Court will rule whether or not they will be allowed to continue with the destruction. The important merits of this case will affect the de definition of imminent harm to sacred sites, the recognition of a Native American religion to other religions of this world, the ability of Congress to use plenary power to bypass their own laws. In essence, the allowance of corporate money to buy and influence, influence our congressmen, regardless of the laws set to protect religions. The court's ruling will either see the evil for what it is or allow the destruction because the judges follow those same rules that have, been brought, that have brought us to this point, the rules that have allowed them to take without remorse or consequence. We must all work together to save what is left. We need to make that move in our daily lives and follow what we preach. A balance of having the ability to live on this world and Mother Earth being able to continue to sustain us is our most precious gift that Usin, God, has given us. Have we gone beyond that balance today in any of our daily lives? We need to be aware that there is a consequence for the Earth's destruction. There are many, many struggles happening through the world to save Mother Earth and the lives of the people. We are included in the result of their struggles. If they lose, we do also. If they win, we keep one more gift alive. We are all part of Earth's survival by what we do in a day, what we consume, and what we do to restore her. We ask for your balance and our, we ask for your support in our struggle to save Oak Flat. Blessings from the Apache Stronghold. For the full statement, you can, you can find the full statement on IHC's website as well as the Apache Stronghold's page on Facebook. Follow them for more information and come out to support them on the 20th and the 22nd here in the Bay. Thank you. So I'm going to pass over the mic to my friend Mikey here. Uh, Good morning to each and every one of you. Uh, we come from Southern Arizona. So anybody from Arizona or been to Arizona? 
Hello. Uh, this past summer, we had a very good rainy season. And so to all of you that need rain, to all of you, we bring the clouds and hope that wherever you come from, wherever you are here with us, that the food that you grow will continue to be strong. So these songs, these two songs we offer from our area, the Thonautham Nation, on Akimut, Salt River, Arizona, Goody Akimut, Hill River, Arizona, and also the um, Action Maricopa. For those make up the four sister, four autumn sister tribes. So from us in Southern Arizona, good blessings to each and every one of you. Our Hajing you our friends and relatives here, and to all autumn all, all, along the world. At this time, we're going to have the, the sunrise prayer, and is Lineda here and Radley here? We're going to have them come up and offer a few words as we greet the sun this morning to come up. Good morning, relatives. Oh, I'm so humbled and uh, grateful to be here today. I was here 52 years ago when we took the rock and still here today. In four more years, I'll be 80 and I'll be still saying, I'm going to Alcatraz. <laughs> so I wanna offer this sunrise prayer this morning and it's it's an ancient uh, it's our ancient ways from sharing from the Shoshone Banakwet tribes. And what we do is I know we all have our ways, but this is very powerful from Alcatraz. You could do it anywhere you want, wherever you are. And what we do is our hands are our receivers. And as the sun rays come up, we receive those sun rays through our receivers, our hands. And, you know, we ask for all these special blessings because when we send our, our prayers and our sounds that come from our heart and our soul through our mouth, it makes that sound, then it travels on light directly to the sun. And as the earth turns, those blessings that we're asking for come back down to earth. So it's a very powerful prayer that we could do anywhere, but from Alcatraz, it's even more awesome because we have all of you here and all of you that are making the sacred circle. And we can all take part in this from our heart and our soul as those sudden rays come up and we could receive all the strength that the sun has to give to us through those rays and also to share the blessings that we have that will go worldwide to all of our indigenous people everywhere. So I'm going to ask you to share this prayer with me and in your own heart, in your own mind, you can say your own prayers the way that you want to say it. So I'm going to ask the Creator you know, we, we are all a part of the universal consciousness. Our spirit that is with us is connected to that universal consciousness that is in all life and everything around us. So we ask that for blessings for our Mother Earth that is hurting, we ask to strengthen everything within our world, within Mother Earth, within the universe to give us that strength and that guidance to direct us and to help us 
in all our struggles and everything that we are going through, that we endure. And I ask that you bless each and every one of us and our families and our homes and our tribes and our people and help us in every way that we can to resist all those harmful things that are impacting us. Give us the positivity and the help and the strength that we need to continue to survive throughout our lifetimes, throughout the future generations. I thank you for all the many blessings and bless the sacred circle of life and all our issues that we have that impact us. Give us that strength and that guidance. Protect us. Protect our homes and our families and our children, and especially the children, that they may be protected throughout the entire universe, wherever they're at, because they are suffering too and having a hard time. And for all the children whose, whose graves were recently found on all the residential schools, they call them residential schools, but when they imprisoned our children and imprisoned our people, bless them, bless their spirits, and bless each and every one of us as we continue our plight and to make our voices heard and known. And for all the things that are going on today that continue to destroy our Mother Earth, I ask that you strengthen us and strengthen the Earth. And I thank you for all the many blessings. And I ask that you bless all our ancestors and those that have already gone. I ask that you be with us in the plants and the animals and the birds and the fish and the waters and the forests, the oceans and everything that is alive within us. We are all connected to that. So help us to be strong and positive and do everything that we can in our power, in our in, in every prayer that we give. You know, we have that responsibility to do those prayers because we speak for the plants and the animals and everything that do not have a voice. We have that voice and we can send that sound straight to the sun and get all of those prayers back throughout the entire earth. We can do these prayers from anywhere. We're doing it here from Alcatraz today. So to all our many relations that we are related, we are related to each other, to everything. Bless our relations. And I'm going to ask you to do your own prayer. I'll give you a moment to do your prayer for yourself, for your homes and your families in that whatever trauma that we've had to go through that is still conflicted within us, that those be dissolved, that it will go away, and the peace and the happiness be restored within us. And I ask this to all my relations, and I say, oh! And then you take, you take the, those sun rays and you bring it to you, you know, like a smudge and bring that strength to you. And I ask that we leave today with our hearts filled with love and joy for each other, and that we continue to practice these prayers in our positive way, because the plants and the animals are waiting to receive this. They're waiting as it travels through light. They receive it, and that's what they want. So I thank you for all of that. We did this prayer 
we did our prayers on the island. I want to thank the, the Treaty Council and everyone who has been conducting the sunrise every, every year for the past, what, 25, 30 years? And this is what keeps us going. And I just want to say good morning to my Alcatraz relatives over here, the Oaks family, and right around the circle. And, and of course, Eloy Martinez, he's helped with this fire, too. For many years, I want to thank Morningstar and Janine Antone Fidel. Thank you. I want to thank everyone for all the personal assistance and help that they've done and, and struggled to get done to make this happen every year and everything that we do, everything that they do, you know, to resist all those negative influences that have been impacting us and our people everywhere and throughout our tribes and, and throughout our people because when we took the rock 52 years ago, it was for everyone. It was for all of our indigenous people and for our, the strength of our people from the tip of Alaska down through South America for all of our people. And we str still struggle for that today and the things that are going on with, uh, with the borders in the their their illegal migration, not ours. <laughs> We've been here, and they have the nerve to say that we're the, the migrants. But at least I'm glad that uh, President Biden did declare this indigenous as Indigenous Peoples Day. And he, you know, the point is, though, is we're trying to stomp out Columbus. <laughs> and I want to thank Andrea, too. Thank you for your wonderful words. This I really enjoyed what you had to say. Thank you so much, Andrea, and everything that everyone has been doing. So to all my relations. Oh. Oh, a bigger hover. Laneda and all the Alcatraz veterans that stood up for us back in 69. Come on, they're part of the reason we're here today. I'd like to ask Radley Davis to do a, a prayer song for our sunrise, and um, thank you. Thank you to both Laneda Warjack, Dr. Laneda Warjack, for those sunrise prayers. At this time, we want to bring up our relatives that traveled up all the way from Southern California, our Kumeyaay relatives, Ral Chrisman and the Bird Singers. So thank you to them. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Uh, hello, my name is Raul Christman. I'm Kumiai, as uh, Morningstar has said. This is uh, some of my family here, my nephew and some of my boys. Come up to share some of our Kumiai Tipai uh, bird songs, our version of these bird songs that come from down in Southern California all the way out to the, the coast, out to the Grand Canyon. And uh, all the different tribes down there sing a version of these, but we'll share ours. Before I start, I just want to acknowledge this location here. The original uh, people who have walked on this land, I'm thankful to be here as a guest. It's good every time we come out here. It's beautiful to pray in the morning and watch that sun come up. And what we're going to sing about is that process, you know, the prayers that we hold, the things that we plan for the day. And what the next day brings, which is opportunity, as that sun comes, you see all that color, the beauty, that's our ancestors looking at us. So we always have to look back and remember the beauty of what we come from as people, no matter where you come from or who you are. But with that new day, we have the opportunity to make good change for positive things and try to do right. You do the best you can until you learn more and then you do better. And I think that's what we all are taught in our teachings. So 
the songs that we sing, we'll talk about that the, the day is coming, it's getting late, and the next song we'll sing, we'll say that it's here, it's time to go now and make the change that we're going to do. And then the next two songs talk, and they're very joyous, they talk about a new day is here, and with that it's it's promises and, and it's the fulfillment of all those things and all the teachings that we have. This land here was once a penitentiary, and uh, my grandfather was here as a prisoner at one point, and that was because in the community we lived down down there, it was we didn't have rights like everywhere else. Our people down there, they lived in small villages, and it was common for outsiders to come in and attack our people, steal kids, steal uh, young women, and just take them, and they never come back. And so our families, uh, they were very isolated, one of the valleys there. And so when people came in, they would ask them, you know, please don't come around here. This is, you know, our family's land. And sometimes people wouldn't leave. And so my mother's uh, grandfather, he was the enforcer of that community. So when he went over there and said, it's time to leave, they had to leave. Otherwise, you wouldn't see him anymore. And so he did that to take care of his family, take care of our people. Well, in the 1930s and 40s, in those times, you do those kinds of things, you get locked up. And that's what happened. He was sent here as a prisoner of uh, doing crime. Crimes, but there were crimes of protection and what people didn't understand at that time and failed to understand was that that's what our people had to do to survive sometimes they had to literally go out and take someone's life they had to go out and protect their family their people and it was said to me by our leaders back home because he passed on way before i was ever born but they said that man never smiled he never laughed he didn't joke around a lot i'm very different i like to you know i like to have my jokes but but he was a very serious man but he lived in that era where his old people they told him one of these people his kids get taken they're not coming back someone has to defend it and he was a warrior like that and he was locked up here for many a year and in his old age he was actually able to go back home and be with his family which was a beautiful thing my mom talks about her grandfather but then she had to be raised kind of embarrassingly as a hatchet man's granddaughter they called her and she was kind of embarrassed that her her grandfather went to jail for such a thing but throughout years of learning and, and healing she realized what he really was doing was protecting the family protecting the whole community somebody had to do that and that's what he did but uh we're going to sing some songs here. New day. Those days are behind us. So our job now is to keep uh, learning our culture, bringing it back. And uh, we thank all our allies out there, all the people who are not of our indigenous uh, bloodlines. You're very important to all of us. We need allies. And then us as indigenous people, we got to come together and keep strengthening one another so our kids have a promising future. So good. it's good to be here. A big O for the bird singers. At this time, we're going to have one of our, our Hopi relatives that traveled up, Mr. Ivan. Can Mr. Ivan come up here, please? Good morning, brothers and sisters. At this place was the language of my people, Hopi spoken here. I am here as a humble person. My Hopi name is Lumawana. I speak for our religious leaders from the village of First Mesa in northeastern Arizona. 126 years ago, 19 of our Hopi members spent time here in prison in Alcatraz because they did not want assimilation because they didn't want their children to be sent to boarding school to be taught another language. That assimilation is still upon us today, brothers and sisters. We are survivors. We will survive this pandemic. But I hear from my elders saying we've endured hundreds of years of another pandemic by the BIA forcing us to take away our religion. We must resist that. We call upon you today. My people migrated from South America. I see my brothers and sisters, my relatives, the Aztec people, the Mayans. 
all of you. We spent years in northeastern Arizona because of our religion and our culture. That is the way for all of us. It is our survival. That's how we will go on as native people. You are my brothers and sisters. Our elders told me to tell you, you are their children. You will forever be. But please remember us as we endure the pressures to take away our language. I am a product of boarding school. I grew up on a reservation going to government school and punished for speaking my language. But that is a language to continue our religion. My grandson is here with me today. I wonder about him, of his future. My grandchildren, our grandchildren, their future as native people. We need to stand together. Morning Star and others, I just got to meet you. Thank you for everything you're doing. But we must call on all of us today like we called on the sun coming to our bodies today. So we are humble again to be here and not to be punished to be speaking our language like 19 of our members. I just wondered how they endured and was able to all 19 go back home. I learned today it's only because they humbled themselves and kept their language and they kept the religion to return them back home. Thank you for this time. You all have a safe trip back home. What I say to you in our Hopi language, there is no word for goodbye. Only until I see you again. Either it's in this world or the next world. Thank you. Thank you so much. At this time, I want to call up Crystal Wapapa. We are honored to have the Wapapa family here with us on the island today. The reason why we have this sunrise gathering here on Indigenous Peoples Day, it was founded by Bill Wapapa in 1975, and so we honor his children that are here today and his family members and his relatives. Crystal is making history in the Bay Area here. She's one of our food sovereignty warriors, and so we want to ask her to share a few words with us at this time. So thank you, Crystal Wapapa. Thank you. <clears throat> it's such a joy to see everyone and everybody's faces, and I just want to give you just a little short history um, how I became an indigenous chef, and it's one, me coming here when I was at the age seven, eight years old, um, as I would come here and we would leave here, we would um, go and have our foods. And I always wondered, why don't we have native restaurants? Why don't we see our foods? And 40 plus years, <laughs> I know why. A lot has to do with historical trauma. A lot has to do with <clears throat> us taking from our lands and losing our language and our foods. And it took many, many years for me to realize how in trouble we were and how my family and everyone else's family had to fight historical trauma, which I'm, my family right now is still fighting. But we all have a job to do. And my job as I was sitting on the ferry as a young child, wondering why we don't have any restaurant that represents our food. And I'm very proud to this day to speak that this path um, that I'm on, that Creator had put me on, 
and very, very proud. It didn't take just Wapipa's Kitchen. It took our community to have this. And we are opening up the first native restaurant in Oakland. Um, <laughs> thank you. October 30th. It's something that's dear in my heart and means so much because it just doesn't represent me. It represents us as a community, as people, and our foods. And so the foods that you'll see, it's something that I grew up with or something that represents this land, which is Ohlone's land, and something that is long, long overdue to have our foods on a plate and have our community to come and eat and enjoy these foods. So I just want to say thank you for everyone for believing in me all these years to cater to all all you guys and also I had brought one of my dear dear good friends and as we promote food sovereignty as we're in the front lines of representing our foods I brought Elena Terry she's from Wisconsin I want her to speak on behalf of the movement that we're on Hi P Hi Karigiwi Hochunk Rajada Hahemaniwinga Hingaire Naga Maikare Rajada Elena Terryga um, good morning, everyone. My name is Elena Terry in Ho-Chunk. My name is uh, Wax at the Dark Time. And uh, blessed to know Crystal Wapipaw. Uh, we actually put it in motion a while back saying that when it comes to our food and uh, our place in our communities, that we couldn't have it be around ego or competition, that if we stand in solidarity, we have a much better chance of succeeding. So knowing that she was opening this restaurant, I had no better place than to be here. So thank you for welcoming me and uh, you know, for supporting the things that are going on in Indian country here. It's beautiful to be a part of this and involved in this. So uh, <laughs> uh, we were talking about resiliency in our food systems. And I w wanted to share a quick story with you uh, called We Are Our Grandmother's Prayers. It all started with a seed, seeds that came to our people long ago, wild seeds that decided to stay and care for our people, seeds connected to the sisters, seeds that healed. There are many stories within indigenous communities as to how our foods came to us. Each seed story is beautiful in its own right, depicting how each of the plants came to our people. Their journeys are filled with excitement and adventure, caring for us along the way. This story, however, is a different kind of seed story. This seed was planted within our blood, cultivated from generations of strength, resilience, and knowledge. These roots get their nourishment from our ancestors. They flow through our blood, feeding our spirits. This is a story of how our grandmother's prayers have guided us by the seeds they left in our blood memory through the pathways of our traditional food knowledge. When I was a child, I remember that my great-grandma only spoke to me in Ho-Chunk. She was amazing. She was a master basket maker, wore her traditional Ho-Chunk dress every day, and was the undeniable matriarch of our family. When I was younger, I always thought she had a pet turtle. One day, I had asked her where her turtle was. She looked at me with a confused and irritated look. Jagu, what? It was at that moment, as a four-year-old, that I found out her pet turtle was actually several turtles that people had brought to her to butcher. The turtle is considered one of the best warriors for us, able to navigate land and water, a body of armor with thoughtful and precision moves. They were a spiritual food. 
I remember standing outside as a wide-eyed, pigtailed little girl holding my Rainbow Bright doll and looking at her sitting on the porch in her rocking chair. At that moment, I realized she was Superwoman. I don't remember a lot about my great-grandma, but what I do remember is connected to those unique times. When I was still a young girl, my great-grandmother started her journey. Like other families, we suffered a lot of hardships. I don't like to use the word trauma, but I do admit that life can be tough. There was tragedy and heartache, but there was also moments of pure joy and happiness. Through it all, my grandmothers were solid, always knowing what to say, always holding things together. Over the years, I became my grandmother's sidekick. She would take me foraging and show me medicinal plants, tell me stories of how this person was healed or how she remembered the story of when someone used a plant to fix an infection, or sometimes we would go out and we'd gather food. I loved sharing our findings with my moms and my uncles. They would always seem so excited to see what we came back with, even if it wasn't that exciting. They would always make it seem like I was awesome for finding it. The best part was when we cleared, cleaned whatever we found. She would show me how to preserve it all. It was never about one part of the food system. She showed me as much as she could about everything she could, and I loved it all. When I was with my grandmother, I always knew I would be safe. She protected my spirit in ways that only she could. I'd like to think the time we spent together was healing for the both of us. The matriarchal knowledge keepers, our grandmothers, shared that information and kept it so that we would have it here today, so that we would still be able to practice our traditional food ways, and they taught it to us in a way that was nurturing and positive. So hopefully, we can set those intentions in place today for the future generations. So thank you. Thank you, Crystal Wapapan. Yes, we will all be there October 30th for the opening. Um, at this time, I want to bring up our relative, Connie Wen. Connie is here on behalf of AAPI Women Lead. And so in solidarity with indigenous peoples all over the world, I mean, we know that COVID has really hit our communities tough, but the racial discrimination and the physical violence that our relatives have endured, um, you know, we are in solidarity with them. We pray for them. And so we're asking for Connie to come up at this time and share a few words with us. So thank you. Good morning. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Thank you. Morningstar, and all of the organizers, stewards, defenders, and protectors for organizing this ceremony. I thank all of our ancestors and freedom fighters ahead of us for bringing us all together. It is an honor to be in ceremony with you. AAPI Women Lead is an organization that works to end violence against Asians and Pacific Islander women, femmes, and non-binary communities. We do this work in solidarity with Black, Indigenous, and other communities of color. Many of the communities that we serve and are a part of are survivors of generations of colonial, imperialist wars and occupations. From the centuries and decades of war in Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, and other parts of Southeast Asia, the Philippines, Korea, to the violence of the Chinese Exclusion Act, the Page Act, Japanese internment camps, to being scapegoated for an entire global pandemic, the ongoing incarceration, deportations of our most vulnerable communities and to shooting deaths of Asian women, migrant, massage, and sex workers in the Atlanta area this past March. All of us are survivors of a racial and gendered occupation and violence against our peoples. Our Pacific Islander communities continue to survive military occupations, 
climate crises, desecrations of land and ongoing health disparities, including from the pandemic. Our work extends to other survivors and freedom fighters, including current refugees being forced to leave their homes today, including Afghanistan and Haiti. As a Vietnamese woman born in Oakland, I have firsthand accounts of the generations of pain and trauma that the United States and its nation state building colonial projects have had on our families, my family, and all of our communities. I thank the indigenous peoples of this land for welcoming our communities as we were forced to leave our ancestral homes. The surge in violence against the Asian and Pacific Islander communities, in particular the Asian communities, is systemic and institutional. It's a part of the legacy of colonial violence against populations that are deemed dispensable and extractable. As the state and its agents named this as Stop Asian Hate, we denounce this framework, API Women Lead that is. We denounce this framework that minimizes the legacy of violence against us. We reject frameworks that legitimize the criminal justice system and legal system as saviors or answers to violence. We know that these exact systems have not only harmed our black, indigenous, and other communities of color, but they are built on anti-blackness. They are built on anti-indigeneity, and they are built on colonial and imperialist violence. As descendants of and as survivors of colonial imperialist wars here in the US, across Asia, and the Pacific, our organization will continue to build upon our legacy of survival and resistance, in solidarity, always, with indigenous people's movements across the globe. API Women Lead follows the leadership, works alongside, and honors the lives, the lives of our indigenous communities, especially that of our matriarchal leaders. We are with you, the Indigenous Peoples Movement, always today and every day, in solidarity through struggle. May we always take care of and protect the land and each other, and we, may we always be protected. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we have a, a special little happy birthday that we want to sing to Mr. Eloy Martinez, Alcatraz veteran that's in the middle of the circle here. We honor Eloy, we honor all of the veterans that are here, Chris Longoria, Lenata Warjack. And that wraps it up for another episode of Flashpoints. Our executive producer is Dennis Bernstein. Senior producers are Miguel Gavilan Molina and Kevin Pina. Technical director is Mike Biggs. For previous episodes, go to kpfa.org or flashpoints.net. For questions or comments, email dennis at kpfa.org. Thank you for listening. <laughs>